Welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast. I'm so glad that all of you are joining us here as we're recording live from Austin, Texas. And as before we get on, make sure you like, share, and subscribe this podcast, especially if you're watching us live. Uh, we have in studio with us today none other than Mrs. Katie Sass. Katie, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Glad to be back. And then also back for another round, Machine Gun Nick. Machine Gun Nick, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, we love Machine Gun Nick. He's been going through a lot lately, and so we should be really excited to hear about the latest update in his life. But the purpose of this podcast is really to talk about the sermon recap, and we have a lot of questions. And so let me um, recap just real briefly what we talked about on Sunday. Uh, we, We went through and we talked about worldly repentance versus godly repentance. And maybe that when I talk about those things in general, people, I think, understand it because you've had kids that are sorry for getting caught but not sorry for their actions. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so what <laughs> happens when we, when we resist godly sorrow, we don't see how our sin affects our circumstances, the people we care about, or our relationship with God. And so essentially that's where we went. We watched Pharaoh over and over again have a hardened heart, even though miracles, signs, and wonders were revealed uh, to Pharaoh. In fact, one of the things that we've talked about, and does this make sense to you, Katie, because I would love to hear your perspective on this. Like when we talk about God hardening Pharaoh's heart, do you have a problem with that? It's confusing, but I mean... I mean, not like you're like angry at God or anything, like you're not going to believe in Jesus anymore, but like... Tell me, because most people, I think, do. I think the first time I ever read that, probably as a new believer, I'd be kind of like, "What is the point? Mm -hmm. What's the point of Moses going and and like trying if he's if if he's already going to lose?" Right, and I and the thing that I I like, I like that perspective. I like the way you're looking from Moses' perspective. I think a lot of people look at this from Pharaoh's perspective, and they go, "Is that even fair?" So, like, how how is it even fair? Yeah. That's, you what? know, Katie, it's funny. Like, like you know, now in my life, I'm you like, 10 years ago would have been like, that's so unfair. Yeah. Well, but now I'm like, God can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And it's all about obedience. Okay. It doesn't care if you're going to like, it doesn't matter if you're going to lose or win. Like God told you to do it. And <laughs> you're so you you're almost go going on a point of futility, but I know that you're not like that. I don't know what that means. Actually. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's no point. It's all you know, vanity, vanity. You know, like the kind of like, like a, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Yeah. You, got, you go well, like there's no point to anything. So why even try? Yeah, you're not like that though. No, I'm not like that. But I, you can, can you can, you can go there. I don't think of you as typically a like futility person. I mean, when I read Ecclesiastes, I'm like, yeah, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm just like is. yeah. All right. Well, Machine Gun Nick, what about you? When you hear God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Does that freak you out a little bit? No. Because well, the man also same. faced combat, so I don't yeah. think he's really afraid of anything. <laughs> <laughs> the Pharaoh is just is just playing the Joneses. You know what I mean? Like, why why do they got the bigger car? Why why this? Why that? Well, that, I got to get that too. And all he sees is these miracles, and he's like, "My gods are failing." Oh, we got to bump up another god, right? The next one will get up. Get this. That's he's just he's just being like he's the neighbor next door who has the you know bigger corner lot, and just because you got the sports car now he's got to get the 
Lamborghini or something. Okay. Wow. I that was not perspective I would have ever thought of. In no. general, this is just the way I come at this. And we have uh Tony Nelson in the studio audience. We need to get him a microphone somehow. Uh anyway, here's what I wanted what I wanted to talk about though is like with Pharaoh, a lot of people come at this like, how is it even fair? How can you even get angry at uh Pharaoh? But it's not that God took away Pharaoh's agency. Do you know what I mean by agency? Like he took away his, his personality, his <clears throat> decision-making. But what happens with the problem of sin is that every person has a hardened heart. And when you have a hardened heart and you're shown miracles, your heart only gets harder. So he is not capable of anything but worldly sorrow unless God reveals himself to him and he chose not to. So that's the part where... Um, if you want to get angry at God for not revealing himself, he did no, he was not um, obligated to reveal himself to Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh got what he deserved. And I think what's hard for us, I think a lot of times when it comes to sin, hell, all that, we're like, that's not fair unless he's really, really bad. Well, Pharaoh's really, really bad on the one hand. But on the other hand, we all have a hardened heart due to sin, and your heart, get, your heart gets harder whenever you see God's miracles and you don't have specific revelation, which says that Jesus came, died on the cross, rose from the dead from us, for us today. And for back then, it was like believing in the promises of Yahweh that he would one day redeem the world. Okay, I'm not going to go too far into that because the whole point of this is to kind of look at worldly versus godly sorrow. And have you ever experienced either you, Katie, personally, or like experienced your child or experienced anyone experiencing like a worldly sorrow, which is like, I'm sad because I got caught versus a godly sorrow. I'm sad because I hurt God's heart. I wish that I could have a clear example for you, but um, I don't think I actually... Ava has never been sad, not because she like... Like because I mean, she's she got three. I mean, she true. gets sad because she can't have ice cream for right, breakfast, right. And, but but what's weird is like, so Austin's ten, and he gets sad because he can't play a switch, and he's like, "It's so unfair!" And you're like, or he'll like hide the switch, do something with the switch, and then I don't think I fully understood what you're trying to. Okay, this like, is good. This is good. So like, okay, how about this? So worldly repentance, Wor- worldly is, repentance. Okay, you only feel bad. You only feel bad because you got caught. Yes. Or it affects you somehow. So like, let's say you... It um, inconveniences you or something like that. So let's say you spend well, all your money on really drugs good. and you get sad because you're broke. You're like, oh, I shouldn't spend my money, all that money. I just feel like I wouldn't call that repentance at all. Like, well, you're changing. Even- Remember, repentance is changing your mind. I'm not going to spend money anymore on whatever that thing is because it made my circumstances worse. Yeah, but... Okay. So, for example, people can repent from porn without having Jesus because they, they're like, my life stinks with more porn. I'm going to take okay. porn out. Okay. And so that's going to help me probably get a better wife. That's not going to be a complete wreck. Okay. Um, whereas, but then what happens? But that's after, genuine. No, it's still, it's still all about me. Okay. How about this one? How about this one? I'm well, gonna, you can still see the negative effects of porn even as a non-believer. Right. That, that's what I'm saying is that, but you only change because it affects you. And that's how all non-believers are, which is how Pharaoh was, right? So Pharaoh only changed because he wanted the hail to stop. All right, I'm sorry. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then the hail stops and he goes back to the way he was. But do you think that's authentic? Because if he immediately went back to right, that's just my point. kidding, then it's not authentic. Well, it's worldly repentance, which is my point. So godly sorrow. So the, in Second Corinthians 7.10, there's a godly sorrow that leads to salvation, but worldly sorrow leads to death. 
And that's exactly what Pharaoh had. He had a type of repentance because in the moment he did change. So worldly sorrow is selfish. Yes. And, and godly it's only repentance is selfless. Or it's focused on God. That doesn't mean you're not going to sin again, ever again. But what it means is, let's go to this because this is what happens a lot in marriage counseling. So let's say you have a guy and a girl and typically, you know, the guy's cheating on the girl. Okay. And, you know, he has another girl move in. She's moved out. And I'm like, hey, you need to have, you need to move out your side chick to bring back your wife. He's like, oh, but why? Uh, I wish this was, I was making this up. This is like a real thing. So you need to move out the side <laughs> chick and move your wife back in. <sighs> but what if she doesn't change and go back to the way that, that she, he's talking about moving out the side chick, moving the wife back in. If she like works out for him in a better way than the side chick. Yeah. So it's conditional. It's conditional. Okay. And so that's what happens with Pharaoh. So, so for example, in that, in the circumstance with that one, so the side chick moves out, the wife moves back in and he's frustrated with her and angry at her because she's not being the wife she should be. And so he's like, I want to get a divorce. Well, somehow you got what you want. You got your wife back, but you didn't treat her any different and you're still cheating on her. Or you're still, does that make sense? Well, I think I just see repentance as such a holy, like sacred word. Yeah. And so it, like so pairing it with like using the word repentance for something that's not authentic or genuine is just really hard for me to process. Okay. okay let's, let me change the word. Um, change your Worldly ways. Worldly guilt? Change, no, no, let's just call it change your ways. Because repentance is just changing. Changing but your But repentance is, no. Yeah. But like you're saying it like it's nonchalant. Like well, repentance it is, is a very a way, if, holy. If, well, of course. I mean, it is a holy thing, but you can do it in an unholy way. Then don't say it's repentance. Repentance is its own its own thing. We can't. We're not going to throw repentance into the world. Okay, we're just not. All right. But is it not true that you could change your mind and not be godly about it? This is, this is, then like, it's not repentance. No, it is repentance. It's just worldly repentance is what I'm saying. Do you see? Okay, okay. Let's say somebody stops drinking, but they don't do it for Jesus. They do it because their life is a wreck. And for a season, they're like, hey, my life is better. But then they start being addicted to a different thing. Like, okay, they go from alcohol to porn. Or they go from alcohol to being, being abusive to their spouse. It's You've changed. You've changed from one thing to another. That's all repentance means. But you want to turn away from the sin and turn to Jesus ultimately is true repentance. So the worldly repentance, I change from that thing, but I'm not changing to Jesus. Well, why can't we just call it godly repentance versus worldly change? (laughs) I just just feel like (laughs) that's why it's confusing. Fine. We're going to call it worldly change from now on. It's worldly. Okay. So I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Yeah, we have a peanut gallery uh, conversation. Go ahead, Nicole. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, because grief can be of the world, but repentance is is like repentance is spiritual. It doesn't have to it be. It is godly and sacred right, and holy. And we're fine. not, I'm not going to like you're say something is repentant. It's you're, not, you're like it's not real repentance. Repentance is a Christian word and that's it. Yeah. None of you people can steal our word. All right, And fine. turn it into I, something listen, else. It's like whenever, it's hey, like homosexuality to took the rainbow. And you are not a Christian, you better repent. <laughs> the rainbow is ours. It's not like, it's like, it's like that's the same concept. It's like. You stole our rainbow. 
it's like LGBTQ took the rainbow and they're trying to make it into something else when the rainbow had, was a promise. Orig- yes, it is not. So it's like you can't. Whatever. I, I, you're annoying, and I don't even. <laughs> I'm gonna quit. I didn't even realize this would be so contentious, uh, but I appreciate the passion. I just think it be, should be called something. All right. Well, th- okay, we got it. A machine gun, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Okay. Can you explain it? Oh, maybe don't be- just better? be the yes. I don't guy. know if I can explain it, but I got like I think I have uh, a lot of uh, a rolodex of of those worldly. What do we call them? Changes or repentance? Yeah, right yeah. Now. We call worldly changes. We're gonna go tell worldly changes. Right. Mm-hmm. Example. Oh, I, well, I, I go with the first smaller one. I'd say first wife catches me smoking, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. Yeah, right. Um, then it's not repentance. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure on that second marriage, we both kind of had the same thing going on. Like she cheat on me. I'd look at porn, and uh, oh, we're so sorry. We're not gonna do that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that you. That's the point I'm trying to get across. Thank you for a real-life example. That was very helpful. Okay, we're going to get to the questions. <laughs> All right. Um, first question uh, that we're going to get to. All right. You mentioned that during the plague of hail that 100-pound chunks of ice were falling from the sky. I didn't notice any specific measurements noted in Exodus. Can you share where you got that measurement from? I actually got that measurement from Re- Revelation 16.21. You're right. It's not an exodus, but I'm assuming it's like the same kind of hail that would bring damage to everybody. And so the the plague of hail in Revelation 16 was a, a hundred, roughly a, a talent or a hundred pounds ish. And so I kind of went from that. Speaking of which, we had some hail oh, yeah. yesterday, and there's some we hail damage. Did you get any damage to your house? Oh yeah, broken window. We had a broken window. Broken like broken skylight. Hail just came right through the skylight into our kitchen. How big was it? It was like between a golf ball and a baseball. Yeah, so like think about like that giant. times like a hundred times is how big the hail chunks were. And you know what's funny? Speaking of like the plagues, you know how they brought the livestock into their houses? Well, when the plague, plague when the plague hit, when the hail hit, I tried to get my truck inside my garage. And you guys know that the t- the garages in Texas don't fit trucks. Um, so I got half of my truck inside the uh, the garage. Well, at least just what? So like the bed of the truck yeah. has got some dents. <laughs> no, I I was backed into the driveway as a good Texan oh, would be. Oh my gosh! And then so I the part like, that matters was it? <laughs> don't judge. All right, that was brutal. That was no, no. I mean, listen. If I would have turned it around, Adrian's like, why don't you just turn around? Like, if I would have turned around, it would have been like completely exposed. So I just back because we have a massive tree over the thing. So I got it was weird. I got hail on the side of my truck, not on the top or the front or on the. Oh, it was like side hail. Yeah, that's I that's mean, different. It was it was crazy. Anyway, all right, okay. So here we go. Was here's the next question. Was God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart an act of mercy? Pharaoh kept pursuing Israel because he didn't want to lose slave was slaves. Was God hardening Pharaoh's heart an attempt to make the cost of holding onto Israel so extreme that there's absolutely no desire to reconquer and enslave them? Wait, was whose what? So was God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart an act of mercy? Pharaoh kept pursuing Israel because he didn't want to lose slaves. Was God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart an attempt to make the cost of holding onto Israel so extreme that there's absolutely no desire to reconquer and enslave them? I don't think, I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's anything merciful about it. So I would say no. 
Uh, and the only reason I'd say no is because God, or sorry, Pharaoh did try to re-enslave them. He sent the whole army after them, pursued them into the Red Sea where they all drowned. I think the only reason that he let Israel go, go ultimately is he didn't have an army to pursue them, and they went across the Red Sea into the desert where nobody would want to follow them anyway. So that's my thought on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see mercy in it either. Um, but you could, I mean, I could, you could argue mercy. You I'm could, kind of interested to like know how that, like, how you'd kind of come up with that question. Like what, what their thought process yeah, was? Yeah. Well, I think we're always looking, you're right. Well, we're always looking to see where, because God did show Pharaoh mercy when, so remember when Pharaoh pleaded with uh, Moses to take the, uh, the locusts away? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and God did. And God even did though... without, he didn't say, no, first, you got to let the people go. He goes, okay, done. And then from there, he goes, hey, let the people go. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Worldly change and uh, or worldly sorrow. And then. I mean, Pharaoh is just a selfish man. Yeah, he's a selfish man. And he so. wants to destroy the Israelites. So, well, he wants to keep the Israelites as his slaves. <laughs> well, selfishness kind of prevents repentance right so i so but god showed him mercy in in that moment by Mm -hmm. and so is it possible that god could have been showing pharaoh mercy by making the pain harder and harder i think so but ultimately um it didn't matter because he received he didn't want any mercy he wanted to enslave and then eventually kill off all of the slaves so or i don't know if when he sent the army after him i'm not sure if he wanted to, to to kill them all or to enslave them again. Um, that's 2 million people that he lost. I mean, 2 million people from your workforce, that's that's going to do a damper on the economy, especially when probably the population was like 6 million, 7 million. Anyway. All right. Here's the next question. How do I prevent myself from becoming like Pharaoh and, Pharaoh and how can I help others to avoid it? How do you, Machine Gun Nick, how do you, Prevent yourself from becoming like Pharaoh, and how can you help others to avoid it? Well, I think it kind of goes off how I described Pharaoh. Like, you know, he's, oh, I'm going to one-up him or double down on on what's failing for me. Um, you got to take a look at what you have and what God has provided you and see that the glory in that over what somebody else has. And, and, uh, and then other people, you just have to, you know, Talk to the scripture to them. Yeah, how are you experiencing that? Because you're having to do this, right? Like right now. Yeah. Like how are you, how is it working for you? Mm, it's like uh, a roller coaster ride right now. Okay, tell me, what do you mean? Good days, good days are highs, bad days are low. But the good days, the, the bad days are low, low, low. And the good days are, they're all right. Like, yeah. You know, I, I can get through this. And, and so tell me what, what a low day is like. What are you feeling? Mm, shame. Uh, it's definitely some depression going on in there. Um, uh, and over- do you even know why? Or tell me what's what's happening to you emotionally as you're pro? Because you you've been a Christian for a year and change, but in the past you know three or four months, you've really sort of gotten deeper into your faith. And what is that unraveling for you on your heart, on your soul? A lot, like you know, the two failed relationships. The kids see me, but they don't, you know. Um, and how old are your kids? From about to be 18 to 9. Yeah. And so that, so the feeling you have is a lot of? 
It's, it's a lot of failure, right? I failed them. Yeah. Or I failed myself in this, in this area. Or how'd you allow yourself to live, you know, like you did with the second ex-wife for so long? Like, how did you do that? And why did you do that? And, and then there's a lot of, well, I shouldn't have been a fool in this case or that case. And then, then, then it goes down even farther to like, the crap with my parents and i'm like well that's even though it's not my fault you know you still feel a certain way about it yeah that's huge and so as you're processing this and like the gospel is being how's the gospel revealing it and then how's the gospel starting to heal it and it may not be healing it yet which is totally fine but it is revealing it's revealing it because i didn't realize that like all those holes in your heart freaking from living the life that i was living from being the person i was i was was actually hurting me this much. Like I was just, you know, I don't know, blinders on. Yeah. All, 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 you know, just steam forward. We can do this. We can make it. Um, but at the end of the day, it was all just, it was holding me back probably. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate that you're leaning into that. And I think, you know, when, when we get the text, when we get the calls, when, when you and I talk about stuff, it's, it's really powerful to hear your response to it. And, um, I feel like one of the things I keep telling you is just keep showing up and you have been. And I think that although this part right now is really, really hard that you're going to come out on the other side of it as you're, you're processing all of life and all the mistakes and all the, every careless word to every careless action. And when, when Romans eight says, Romans eight one says there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ hearing that, and then believing that are two separate things. And so the more that you start to believe it is you understand that Jesus died for every mistake and Jesus died for every careless word. And then he brings you wholeness and healing and he might not remove the consequences of sin by like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the strained relationship with your children or ex-wives or whatever. It does give you the ability to go and, and love them. Well, I think sometimes when we look at life, it's like a hero's journey and um, we love journey movies. Cause like, you're always moving toward the thing in the, the front. Once you arrive at the destination, it's like, you know, heaven and, you know, happily ever after. But the problem is in the Christian life, the hero's journey isn't like I get to heaven and don't look back. It's like, in fact, Jesus does like a life review and kind of like everything you've done. And he's going to remind you, I covered that. I covered that. I covered that. And then he'll wipe away the tears and have you experience real joy. And so what you're experiencing is a shadow or just a little bit of what heaven's going to be like on that first iteration when you get to experience and as he takes you through your life and goes like, I was there for that and you missed it. I was there for that. And you missed it. I, I covered that. I died on the cross for that. I died on the cross for that. And so everything that you're experiencing now is sort of like, a, I don't want to say in preparation for that, but it's like a, a glimpse of the glory that's going to come of what he's forgiven you from. And the more that you understand what you've been forgiven from, it helps you then move forward to then share that grace with others. Because the very thing that one time you told me is like, how am I so judgmental of other people? And then the Lord's like, oh, well, let me reveal to you how you could be judgmental of yourself, but I don't judge you. Mm -hmm. So what's wild about your life, Nick, is that Jesus died on the cross um, for the sins of your past, for all the times when you were had your blinders on and you could only be like Pharaoh and think selfish thoughts. And maybe you did change momentarily for um, your own benefit. Uh, but God is right in the middle of that. And he's now being merciful with you and giving you this period of time to sort of like, 
experience the grace of God and, and grace is overwhelming because you realize what you don't deserve. Does that make sense? The more you realize what you don't deserve, it should be response in a flood of tears. Why would you save me? That's sort of like what happened for me uh, in my 20s. I can testify that's what happened to Katie in, in her 20s. And now you're getting it in your 30s. 40s. 40s. You're old. Yeah. And so what happens is like you're, you're experiencing new life uh, and it's harder because there's so much more um, past to overcome. And that's why a lot of people don't receive the grace of Jesus because their life has been so hardened, just like Pharaoh's. And to go through, I mean, they're like, they can maybe mentally assent to it, but what you're doing is really way more powerful. And so I feel like if God's preparing you to be a pastor, he has to take you through this, like go through the hell of, of your own past to help you be okay with it. Because if you were to minister from a place of like ignorance of what Jesus has delivered you from, you wouldn't have any grace for people that are on the street, grace for people that are cheating, grace for people that are just being ridiculous and saying really mean things because that's what happens in church. And so you got to love people where they're at in the same way that Jesus loved you. And that's how he prepares you for a life of ministry. All right. Well, that's that. Um, I do want to talk. What a <laughs> yeah, nice little like pep talk. Yeah, that was, that there was. we go. Here we go. Let's, let's do this. Uh, there's a, another question that I want to get to, but it's so, wow. so Four big. questions. There's like a, there's, there's actually three more, but, we're going to pause on that one. We'll come back to it because I want to get Tony in here for this one because it's, it's a big on one. On this past week? Yeah, we had like a truckload of questions and texts and all whole. The biggest thing that people were texting was like, thank you for this. I've, I feel free from my sin. Uh, I had a lot of people come and confess sin type stuff right after service. We did too. Rod yeah. and I were praying and literally like worship ended and people were kind of like walking out and someone came up to us and they were like, I just want to confess. Right. It was, it was, a, it was I had like, three oh, confessions okay. like of like, here's this. And, and I think it's the appropriate time. I said, Hey, like this is a time to be, to, you know, confession to God is forgiveness. We talked about that first John one nine. Um, if we confess our sins, God's faithful and just to forgive us all of all unrighteous, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But then James five sixteen is the horizontal healing. Uh, if uh, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. And so we prayed the gospel. I prayed the gospel over a bunch of people, oddly through text and then in person. And I was I thought I saw a lot of people coming up for mm-hmm. uh, for healing uh, in that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll talk more. We'll come back uh, in a little bit, and your next podcast will be really fun in the sun. Hey, thanks so much for watching and listening. <laughs> I'm not sure what <laughs> Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Uh, make sure you give some love out to Machine Gun Nick. He's really going through it. And be praying for him as we kind of engage him with the gospel. I'm really excited for the gospel power in his life. And can't wait to uh, hear from you, and we'll talk to you next time. Um, from our house to yours. Have an awesome